Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope you had a good week. And I hope that today's show will set you up to have an even better week this week. So we are talking about love. And last week, we talked about the God who sees me and the need for humans to be seen and why we need to be seen. So I want to encourage you to make sure you hear that show. We've had lots of great feedback on that show. And you can, you can listen to it on the website at CynthiaHyatt.com or go to your favorite podcast server. We're on most of them. And if we're not on the one that you use most often, you can email me, let me know, and we will see if we can get the shows on the podcast server that you like the most. So, love. We are talking about love. Because one of the things we know, that when we are truly loved, we are seen. And we are seen for the good, the bad, the ugly. We are seen for who we truly are, even when we're not acting like it. And that the person believes in who they know you truly are. And doesn't always get distracted when you're not being that person. So I want to talk about this idea of, you know, this, this I want to know what love is. And if you are an 80s person, you know the famous song, I want to know what love is. And so love is really what everything is about. And understanding how powerful love is. And we have so many biblical references for what love does and what it's made to do. And what we do know is that what God first and foremost tells us is that love never fails. That's a big statement, that love never fails. Now, love does not always bring us the perfect outcome, but love does not fail. And the hardest part for us as humans is to know how to love, to know how to love well, to know what love actually is, to know when we are really being loved. So it's important that we know that love does not always feel good, Again, I want to say this again. True love does not always feel good. I'll give you an example. When I was a very little girl, my teeth would not come out. You know how everybody loses their baby teeth. And the roots in my, in my teeth were so long, they wouldn't dissolve and they wouldn't come out. And so I had to go to the dentist every six months, as starting when I was eight years old, and get four teeth pulled every six months so that my adult teeth could come in. So here I am, this little girl, and I remember the nurse standing behind the chair holding my head as the doctor is trying to get these teeth out. And my whole n- mouth would get numb, and I never got to do, you know, the, the, uh, <laughs> the tooth fairy because I always knew when my teeth were coming out and then they'd all be in a little box for me. And so sometimes I'd put the box under my pillow and I'd get, you know, a couple little gifts from my parents. But it was traumatic. And so by the time I got to the age of 12, I think I was in fifth grade, I actually had 
only 12 teeth in my mouth, and they were huge. And there were spaces between all of them because my teeth were way too big for my jaw. So I had to get permanent teeth pulled out as well so that all my teeth could fit in so that I could get braces on. I mean, it just goes on and on and on, right? Well, I have nice teeth. I have a nice smile. And I am grateful for my parents' love that they took care of me. And they made sure that happened. And that was no fun because I'd come home with all this gauze in my mouth and I'd have to sit there and I couldn't go to school and they'd have to make special food for me. But I'm so grateful that I have the smile that I have. And one of the dentists that worked with me, he said, you know, if you would have been in a third world country, your teeth would have been coming outside of your lips. And it would have been a disaster. So love does not always feel good. But love never fails. So the world is searching hard for love. It's marketing it, replacing it, selling it, explaining it, exploiting it. I mean, you know, misrepresenting it. So what really is this thing called love? So I like this title of I Want to Know What Love Is. But I also titled the show, How Do You Know If You Are Truly Loved? How do you know? And so we're going to talk about some things for you to look for. And the responses that you're going to have in your gut when you know you are truly love. So this whole idea is that when we really know what true love is, it really comes from knowing the one who is love. God is love. Now, I would love to say Cynthia is love, but Cynthia is not always loving. So I can be loving, but God is love. This is where true love emanates from. God is love. He didn't create it. He is it. I mean, that's, that's staggering. That's amazing to me. So because he is all truth, then we can find and actually experience true love through him. The reason this is really important in it, to make this distinction of true love is, is it's not just love. See, we are taught and experience many things that are called love. But sometimes as we become healthier, as we become older, as we become more truth-based people, we find out that a lot of things we originally considered to be loved was not love at all. And we often confuse healthy and corrective and uncomfortable, painful love as abuse. And then conversely, many times what feels so intense and pleasurable, we misinterpret as true love. And that's super important to really know what love is. God is all truth and God is love. So he truly loves us. So what, is, what does the world say about love? Well, one author, he says, depending on the context, love can be different varieties. At times, the very existence of love is questioned. Some say it's false and meaningless. Some say it never exists. Because there's many instances of hatred and brutality in relationships. And the history of the world really has witnessed tremendously brutal, hateful events. 
I mean, there's been hatred between brothers and parents and children and sibling rivalry and lovers and spouses and, I mean, on and on and on. Friends have betrayed each other. Son has killed his parents. I mean, this has gone on and on. And even in modern generation, we're also facing the same dilemmas. We have domestic violence. We have horrible now types of abortion. So we do know that we experience it, but love is not responsible for that. We are. The people. The ones that have forgotten the meaning of love and have undertaken such gruesome apathy. So I really like the author's line when he says, love's not responsible for gruesome apathy or violence. Whatever ugly you've seen in the world, love is not responsible for this. We are. And this is because we are people that have forsaken love. We, 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 and we've, we've transposed it with gruesome apathy. And trust me, this does not mean there's not a, a lot of high emotionality. But that isn't necessarily love. So I googled, I want to know what love is, that statement. And there is 571 million posts <laughs> about this. I mean, what does this tell me? You know, countries have been won and lost over love. So the famous song by Foreigner, that's who wrote that song, it went on and on and on, pages after pages of what this song inspired in people. And what a pain-filled song. And so we also see another really famous song, and this was by a band, uh, they, they called themselves Nazareth. And they also talked about love and the brutality of it. So when we look at this famous song by Foreigner, I, I want to know what love is. This, is. this is part of the passage of that song. It says, if in, my heart there's, in my life there's been heartache and pain. I don't know if I can face it again. I can't stop now. Traveled so far to change this lonely life. I'm going to take a little time, a little time to look around me. I've got nowhere left to hide. It looks like love has finally found me. Now, I would love to think that the author of the song from the band Foreigner actually found God. But that last line, it looks like love has finally found me. So we have this tendency as human beings that no matter how much we've been hurt, we're going to try again, right? We all have said before, I'm never dating again. I'm never going to fall in love with anybody again. I'm never going to give my heart again. I won't do it. And then we always try again. And I tell clients repeatedly, this is not stupid. They're like, what am I, stupid? I just got so hurt, now I'm doing it again? I'm trying again? And I say to them, this is not stupid, this is human. This is how humans are made. We're made in the image of God, and God keeps trying. He keeps going after us. No matter how many times we hurt him, he keeps going after us. We can't stop loving. So isn't it comforting to know that God never stops trying and God can't stop loving either? So we're going to take a little time today. We're going to think things over, right? We're going to try to figure it out and we're going to start again. Even if you're in a long-term relationship, you can start again today. So the most important thing you can do if you've been hurt is to take a little time. Take time to heal then jump back in again and love again. 
So we need to say to God, not to one another, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me, God. I want to feel what love is. I know, God, you can show me. So we're coming close to the end of this particular segment. We're going to take a commercial break. And we're going to talk more about some of these famous love songs and how true they are and what they tell us about love and what they tell us not to do or what to do, how to do it, and the intense struggle that this need to be loved. I want to know what love is. I want to be loved. It's just written on our hearts and it's in our DNA. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about how do I know I'm loved? Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today in this show. And if you're just tuning in now, you can always listen to the show in its entirety on your favorite podcast server. You can also go to the radio's website. That's 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. The, this, all the shows are on their website as well. And if you have a podcast server that does not have Conversations with Cynthia on it, just let me know and we'll see what we can do about getting the shows loaded on that podcast server. So we are talking today about this idea of, I want to know if I'm loved. How do I know I'm loved? I want to know what love is. And we talked about that famous song by Foreigner. So I know that many of you are are probably too young to know these 80s songs, but they're just very poignant, and I love the the poetry of them. And so that that amazing song that came from Foreigner says, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want to take a little time. I want to know what love is. And this second song I want to tell you about is, is fascinating to me. And this was um, done by a band called uh, Nazareth. And this is really an amazing song. And it says, it's called Love Hurts. And you hear the lead singer just wailing as he sings this song. And I'm sure, really, that God was honored and inspired by his song and inspired the song himself. See, the first lines really encapsulate what Christ must have been feeling. When he came to earth as a baby, left his kingdom, his home, and his father... And he experienced so much suffering and saw the suffering of the creation. And he had to face this subsequent need to die on the cross, all in the name of love. So here's a short part of that song by Nazareth. It says, love hurts, love scars, love wounds and marks. Any heart not tough or strong. Any heart not tough or strong enough to take a a lot of pain, take a lot of pain. Love is like a cloud, holds a lot of rain. Love hurts. See, love hurt him. Love scarred Jesus. Love wounded him and marred him. And we're not talking about masochism. We need to understand that true love, real love, will hurt sometimes. However... The hurt that is true always produces fruit and growth. Hurt resulting from dysfunction, 
foolishness, selfishness, narcissism, this only injures and harms. It doesn't just hurt, it harms the person. And that hurt needs time to heal. So let's listen to more of this song. This love hurts, love scars, love wounds and marks. It goes on to say, I'm young, I know. But even so, I know what I've learned from you. I really learned a lot, really learned a lot. Love is like a flame. It burns when it's hot. Love hurts, love hurts. Some fools think of happiness, blissfulness, togetherness. Some fools fool themselves, but they're not fooling me. And this is what we want to think about. Love is not this mamsy-pamsy, whimsical, fluffy thing that's like cotton candy. Love is passionate, intense, deep, heavy, substantive, and requires a lot of commitment, a lot of dying to self, a lot of maturity. And so what are some other songs that have expressed this whole idea about love? Well, we have the beautiful song, Always and Forever. How about Linda Ronstadt's When Will I Be Loved? Or I love this one, I only have eyes for you, right? You light up my life. You're the sunshine of my life. How about the old, old carpenter song, Just the Way You Are? With you, I'm born again. And how about this one? These boots are made for walking right? <laughs> that was that hurt, hurt woman. These boots for, are made for walking. I'm going to walk all over you. And that's what happens. We get this, this bounce back that if we're not careful, is really unhealthy. And we think that putting up walls and barriers and being impenetrable is going to somehow protect us. When actually, the more brittle you are, the easier you break. So what the love of God can do is give us so much flexibility when we're loving. It isn't an all or nothing, black or white issue. It's a process. It's a growth process. It takes time. It takes practice. It takes commitment. So what if we look at, at famous romance novels? I mean, we see this enduring and very popular themes that really continually reflect the story of Jesus. He's a hero. He comes to rescue and save the character that's in bondage, in distress, heartache. The hero who sees them for who they really are when no one else did. The hero loves, lives, and many times dies for the main character. This hero takes them out of the hell they live in. And he lives with them in a beautiful kingdom, a kingdom with respect, no pain, stress, bondage, hurt. So what we see in that sacrifice, then change occurs when we're willing to fearfully face ourselves in order to love well. When we're willing to endure pain, that produces pain, that produces gain, I'm sorry. I say to clients many times, you know, there is pain that leads to gain, and there is pain that is only in vain. So God is always hoping in everyone he created that the pain he endured on the cross and continues to endure by letting us figure things out 
will gain us access to heaven. He's hoping his love is not just in vain. You see, if I'm only surviving my pain, there would be no gain in the relationship, right? So if the, even if the relationship is highly dysfunctional with an abusive uh, person, I can still turn my pain for gain. And one of the main ways I do that, I leave the relationship. Versus only surviving the pain, and if I just survive the pain and stay, then all the pain I'm feeling is in vain. So I can allow the pain to strengthen me, to deepen me, and cause me to be a more humble person, a person that can love with resiliency and authenticity and more deeply. It also helps me be better able to recognize abusive and dangerous people. And so we accept the fact that functional, healthy relationships still can create pain. They still can hurt. They still can wound. They still can mark. But the pain is the difference between growing pains and just being brutalized. So how do I know the difference? Well, we're going to end this segment. I'm going to leave you with this quote from Shakespeare. He says, love all, trust few, and do wrong to none. I love that saying, love all, trust few, and do wrong to no one. So the love all means I'm not in relationship with everybody, but I can love all of mankind. I can be loving toward people. And even if that means setting boundaries, even even if that means confrontation, even if that means saying no, you're not allowed to be in my life. That still can be love. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Hang in there. We're almost done. We have a half hour to go. Join me again as we talk about this idea of how do I know I am loved? Thank you for joining me today. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining. And if you're just listening in, you can listen to the show in its entirety on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com or your favorite podcast server. You can also listen on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio's website. All of those shows are on that website as well. If you have a favorite podcast server and Conversations with Cynthia is not on it, let me know. And we'll see what we can, we can do to get the shows loaded on that, webs- uh, on that podcast server. So we are talking about this idea of, I want to know what love is. Or, how do I know I am loved? Because this is really what everything is about. If you look at any commercial, any movie, any show, anything, you're always going to find that love is in the midst of it, the lack of it, or the need for it, or the want of it. And so when we look at this Shakespearean, um, his quote, I love it. It says, love all, trust few, do wrong to none. So if I'm to do this, if I'm to love all and trust few and do no wrong, I must look at the relationships and the imminent pain that will be there. You see, this is the difference between a perfect person and a trustworthy person. There is only one perfect person. And that's Jesus. So I can trust God implicitly because he's perfect. However, 
I do not, and let me repeat this, I do not trust humans implicitly. That would be foolish. If I do, I'll be very, very hurt very, very often. Because the difference is trustworthy people make mistakes, but, and that's the operative word, they care about the mistake. They usually feel worse than I do about what they've done. That's a trustworthy person. See, I'm going to make mistakes in my relationship, and I'm going to hurt the people that I love. But it truly bothers me. It wounds me when I've hurt someone. It can keep me awake at night. And see, as a result, I'm going to do everything I can to fix it as quickly as possible and do whatever I need to do in order to make sure it doesn't happen again. And I make sure the person knows that I'm working on it and that I'm going to rectify the issue as soon as possible and that I'm exceedingly thankful for grace and forgiveness while I work it out. That's a trustworthy person versus a perfect person or versus the individual that wounds me, scars me, marks me, and continuously says they're sorry but never really changes. This is not a trustworthy person. So I'm always asking God to help me be a trustworthy person, not a perfect person. So this is the difference between a relationship that creates healthy pain for growth and humility versus an abusive relationship that will only elicit the need to survive, which comes with a lot of negative coping skills. So I need to be careful with whom I'm entrusting my heart to. And it's imperative that I have appropriate expectations on humans. So what do you think love is? I mean, as you're listening to this show, what is love to you? What does love mean to you? What makes sense to you? What does it feel like to you? You see, every human is unique. Now, we all fit into many quote-unquote human generalities. But what makes us feel truly loved is very unique to us. This is why people are amazed when they find that quote-unquote one person that works for them. See, there are billions of people on the planet. And if it were just an issue of originality and uniqueness, it would be easy to find someone that works. But instead... It's a miracle when you find the one person. No, mu no matter how much they try and measure, quantify, and analyze how people fall in love, they're just elements that are undefinable. And I believe it really is that element of uniqueness. It's that one-time, originally occurring person and finding the person where all the dots and points seem to connect. Not always easy, but it is a miracle. See, this is why God is so amazing. He can be all things to all people. He's so substantive, so everything, so are all in all that he works for everyone in relationship. He gets it. He gets that part of you that no one else gets. And it's because he made you for him. He knows you and he really likes you. Truly, the most amazing feeling for people is when they are loved and liked. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So God does both with all of us, which is amazing in and of itself, considering the fact that he knows us completely, right? It's tremendously healing and affirming and encouraging at the same time. But I want you to start thinking about what is love? What is love to you? 
and how do you love well? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join us in the last segment as we talk more about how do I know I'm loved? Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. And I really want to encourage you to take advantage of the website. We have lots of amazing things. We have YouTube videos. Um, we have music. We have all the radio shows are on there. If, and, and how you can find the books that I've written. You can also um, contact me through there if you are wanting me to speak at one of your events. I love to do that for people. I certainly will sing if you would like that as well. I like to do uh, inspirational, motivational songs when I, when I present any of these different lectures. I can also tailor make a message for you. So you can always contact me at CynthiaHyatt at gmail.com or you can contact me through the website. So we are talking about this issue of love and what love really is. How do I know if I'm really loved? So let's take a moment and let's look at it in the inverse. So for you... What is not love? So, for example, those people you've been in relationship with or you're currently in relationship with, and they tell you they love you, and you want to say to them, well, then, please stop loving me, <laughs> right? If that's love, I don't want it. And so if that's your kind of love, I don't want to be loved. So what do you think love isn't? Well, apathy, indulgence, right? Passivity, reckless freedom, right? Insensitivity, and this, a lot of this leads to bondage. How about enabling or dishonest or they're shaming or blaming, lying, controlling, unfaithful, dismissive? I mean, there, there is a list of things that we could say that is not love. So let me tell you about one day in my job. Because really, truly, my job is all about love or the lack thereof. So my job is because of the need for love, the lack of it, or the misuse of it, or the inability to do it well. So I did a show on suicide. And, and usually people think it's all about people feeling unlovable, unseen, unappreciated, unnoticed, afraid to love again, they're abused. But mostly, because of a lot of those things, they become disconnected from themselves and from others. See, we see the seriousness of being disconnected from self in the scene at Calvary. When Jesus was truly disconnected from God, it killed him. See, a healthy relationship with yourself is imperative for authentic living and loving and truly loving. If we don't have a good relationship with us, with ourself, we can't begin to really have successful relationships with others. Now, we are never going to arrive at perfection, but this idea of how you relate to you is what I address very frequently in my office. Because there's this tendency for us to be terrible to ourselves, abusive even to ourselves, verbally, through our thoughts. Maybe we don't take care of ourselves, we judge ourselves. We, we don't trust ourselves, And so we go outside of ourselves to find another person who's going to do all those things that we need. 
instead of learning how to do that within ourselves, so I have more of that to give outside of myself. So if I say to, to God, I want to know what love is, and I want you to show me, and I want to feel it, what we find is the only way we know what love is is if we know the one who is love, as we said. See, we don't even know when pain is love. We may think it's painful and abusive love when it isn't. And conversely, when it feels good, we find out that it's simply intense pleasure and it's not healthy love at all. So always remember that God is always setting us up to love well and wanting to teach us to love well. And bring people toward us that also want to learn to love well. So this is when we are really going through this whole entire thing. We're saying, I want to know what love is. And I want you to show me. So how do I love people when I don't always know what love is? How do I love people if I don't love myself? Now, this is not self-love like self-aggrandizing. This isn't self-worship. This is caring for the one that God cares for. And I can't tell you how many times a day I say to people, how can you say you love God and not love the one he loves, which is you? Think about how you feel if you left your little children at daycare and nobody and the people there hated your little kids, treated them poorly all day, ignored them and wouldn't feed them, wouldn't change them, let them be hurt by other people. And then you forgot to come in and pick them up, right? And then when you get there, they don't even know where your kid is. So think about how you feel if you leave your pets with people. Don't we want them to be cared for? Well, this is how God feels about you. He's leaving you with you. And you are to care for the one he loves. You don't have to even like yourself. I mean, truly, I don't like myself all the time. But I work hard at loving the one that God loves because that honors him. That brings him pleasure. So think about the Bible, what, what the Bible says about love. And, and I looked up how many times the word love appears in the Bible. And this is using 17 different versions. And I included the word loves and loved, etc. Okay. So it showed up an average of 588.7 times. Now that doesn't include loving in the New Testament or the word loving kindness in the Old Testament. And that could add 100 more to the average. Or it's usually quoted at 319 times in the Old Testament and 232 times in the New Testament. So it truly depends on the translations. And it's Greek or Hebrew. And it doesn't usually take into account how much love is talked about. However, in contrast, if you Google the word love... And this was, I think I did this one a year ago, a year and a half ago. You're going to find 1.4 billion times that word is used in Google. And today, I'm sure it's, it's probably more. I didn't look it up this morning. So I want you to think about this idea of love. And what really means, how do I really know I'm loved? And we know that there's that famous saying, that famous verse in the Bible that says, they will know we are Christians by our love. That's John 13, 35. And in the New Living Version, it says, if you love each other, all men will know 
You are my followers. So when people are first getting to know you, it's like being invited into your home, right? So what does your physical home look like? What do people do when they first come over? So I'm sure for the first time, you've cleaned the house up a lot, right? Well, what about the second, the third, the fourth time they come by? What if they just drop by? What does your house look like then? See, meeting someone and getting to know them is like coming into their house. You live inside of you. It's your home away from heaven, our home. And so God really externalizes his insides so that we experience him outside. The longer you know someone, the more you learn what their inside world is about. This is what Jesus did. He came to show us what the inside heart of God is about. So your insides are going to be revealed outside over time. So how I've experienced God's internal world and what God looks like inside, how much I internalize that so that others experience that is the issue. And we have this beautiful verse, John 3.16. And we also have the love chapter. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that who, whosoever believes in him won't perish. And we have the love chapter. And this says, If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy but don't love, I'm nothing but a creaking rusty gate. If I speak God's words with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor, even to the stake, I'm going to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, and doesn't revel when others grovel. It puts up with everything. It trusts God always. It always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. So I want you to think about this idea when we really look at love and we, and we really try to practice this love chapter and we really try to say that I want my insides to match my outside, well, what, does that re- what does that look like? And this is one of the things I, I try to explain to people when I, when I talk about this internal home issue. And I say, every time someone comes to my office, And I usually see people for years because people just require a lot of time and people are very, very complicated. And humans are relational and so they heal and learn better through relationship than just by reading a book. And so this is what happens. I have come to know that people remember the experience of me far more than the words I say. So the experience you have as you listen to the show is going to be more poignant than a lot of the words that I say. And so the words I say, they're, they're easily remembered if they match the experience of me. You see, we're so afraid of being kind. 
And we think if we're kind, maybe we'll be taken advantage of. And this is really important to understand, that you want to do your side of the street well. That you love well, even if others aren't loving you. And that you don't take personally when they don't love well. So I, I kind of came up with some things that I want you to think about that I think is really true love. And so when someone truly loves me, they usually want to be with me, right? So if you say you love me, but you never want to spend time with me, that, that doesn't really match. See, God did everything he could to spend every moment of every day with us. That's unbelievable. He wants to be with me every minute for eternity. That's staggering. So when we love people, we want to be with them. And that doesn't mean they're always easy to be with. But when I am loved deeply by someone and they want to be with me, I want to make sure that their experience of me is one that is positive, as best as I possibly can do. When you're really loved, you're accepted. You experience forgiveness, understanding. They believe the best about you. They enjoy your successes. They don't compete with you. They're not so easily defensive or defended all the time. They're honest, but not brutally honest. They don't take your problems or your feelings personally and make it their problem. They have tolerance. They can see past your mistakes. And they separate your sin from your identity just like God does. God loves me even though I mess up. They don't try to get their needs met all by you. And they are interested in explanations, but they don't let it be an excuse. And that's God. He says, come let us reason together. I can't give him excuses. Thank you for listening today. Know that you are truly loved. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great week and God bless you. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.